Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Blueberry, SoundCloud, PodBay, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and at www.vhha.com. You can also hear episodes of the podcast each Saturday at 11 a.m. on WJFN 100.5 FM in the Richmond area. Please listen and give us a five-star review. You may also send questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. That's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Today, we are joined by Dr. Lillian Peake, the Virginia State Epidemiologist with the Virginia Department of Health. Over the next few minutes, our conversation will cover the work of epidemiology and the fight against infectious diseases, including the coronavirus that's making global headlines this winter. Before all that, though, let's welcome Dr. Peake to the program. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. So, Dr. Peake, you've spent much of your professional career in the public sector focusing on public health and population health, including roles with the South Carolina Department of Health and the Virginia Department of Health, where you currently serve as the state epidemiologist focusing on disease prevention and response to infectious outbreaks or toxic disorders. In doing a little bit of research for this episode, I looked at the long alphabetized list of epidemiological conditions on the VDH website, and I'm struck by how many viral, bacterial, allergenic, toxins, and other public health threats there are, many of them invisible to the naked eye. And looking at that list, it's sort of a startling reminder of how precious and fragile good health can be. And so with that bit of unsettling background, Dr. Peake, I wonder if you could provide listeners with some insight about the professional world of monitoring public health and guarding against illness and disease through planning and preparation and coordination. Sure. Well, State health departments were originally organized to address infectious disease and to reduce um, spread in communities. And so, so that's really at the heart of what we do in public health. And as you said, there are over 70 reportable conditions. And if somebody has one of those infections, they are reported through lab reports um, and sometimes physician reports to the health department. And we investigate to see what we can do to make sure that those diseases aren't spread to others. So it sounds like the health department functions something like uh, a central repository for the monitoring of these conditions to keep a finger on the pulse. Is that a fair characterization of how that works? Yes, we have an electronic surveillance system. So the information comes in from the hospitals and labs and providers directly to the state health department. So, and we have a system to manage all of that information. Well, it sounds like a lot to keep tabs on. And thinking about combating human illness, one ongoing concern is the evolution of what's commonly known as the superbug. That is a bacterial infection that's resistant to common antibiotics that otherwise would stop its spread. Each year, the CDC estimates that 2 million people get sick from a superbug. And then on the viral side, healthcare professionals are on alert for mutating viruses for which vaccines have not yet been developed. As we're in the midst of winter, when many people tend to contract some form of seasonal illness, Dr. Peake, what are your doctor's orders and helpful tips for people to avoid illness and to properly use antibiotics when they do become ill? Well, like you said, we're in the middle of flu season. And so this is the time of year where we do see respiratory diseases occurring and especially influenza. So it's important. There are steps that everyone can take to prevent the spread of infectious diseases. That's, first of all, making sure that you get a flu vaccine every year. 
and then making sure that you're using what we call respiratory etiquette, covering your cough, sneezing into your Kleenex or elbow, not into your hands, and especially staying home when you're sick. Those are all good bits of advice. And since we, you mentioned flu season, let's stay there for a moment. Uh, looking at VDH data, it looks like Virginia's reported more than 4,200 infections so far this season. And at the same time, as we alluded to earlier, the world is contending with a new strain of the coronavirus that is believed to have originated in China, and it's now spread to the U.S. and other nations. Uh, my sense is that people read headlines and they have a general awareness about the virus, but they may not know much more about it. So if you could, Dr. Pete, can you fill in some of the blanks and provide an update on whether at this point there are any confirmed cases of the coronavirus in Virginia. Last I heard, there were a few suspected cases, some of which had been ruled out. And then just your sort of professional high-level overview of how the flu and coronavirus may be similar in terms of symptoms um, and or different in terms of symptoms and the approach to treatment of those conditions. Sure. So it is a completely different virus. Coronaviruses and influenza viruses are not the same. Um, this particular coronavirus is brand new, if you, if you want to look at it that way. Um, there are a family of coronaviruses that can infect um, animals and people, more commonly animals, but there are four coronaviruses that commonly infect people and cause the common cold symptoms. But this is a new virus that we don't know its origins yet, but may have crossed over from infecting animals to people. And so, people do not yet have immunity to it. So it's a new virus that's infecting people. So whenever we have an emerging disease like that, it does pose a very serious public health threat. But right now, the immediate risk to the United States public continues to be low. So the situation's evolving, and the future risk will depend on how well the virus spreads, how widely it spreads, and how sick it makes people. But right now, from a public health perspective, we're doing everything we can to detect any cases in the United States early and use our everyday public health approach to identifying who might be in contact and putting strategies in place to prevent the disease from spreading. One thing that we say in public health is this work is going on every day and it's often going on behind the scenes. So as you said, there's many, many diseases that we're monitoring for, and we have really good strategies in place to prevent them from becoming outbreaks. And so we're applying those lessons and the work that we do every day in this situation as well. And then at this point, uh, I know there were a few suspected cases. Some of them had been ruled out. Where does that stand as it relates to suspected Virginia cases? Yes, as of now, we do not have any cases in Virginia. We have tested five patients for the virus, Four of the tests came back negative, and we're still waiting for the results of that last test. Well, it's good to hear that there are people like you on the front lines who are monitoring all of this and have plans in place for these unseen critters that can make all of us uh, feel under the weather. Before we go, I'd like to ask you two questions to give people, we've talked about you professionally, to give people a little bit of a sense about who you are beyond the important professional work that you do. And the first question is this, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given and why does it resonate with you? Oh, that's a great question. I will say that to be just honest and sincere and to live your life that way. And that's what I try to do every day. That's a good bit of advice. Be a square dealer. Uh, live by the golden rule. 
Uh, and then our final question is one that we ask all of our guests on the Patients Come First podcast. It's one that's inspired by a popular BBC program. And the question is this, Dr. Peak: If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you want to take with you to keep yourself occupied? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what one book, one movie, and one album would be in your personal survival kit? Uh, okay, well, one movie. I love the movie Chocolat. And for the record, I saw Chocolat. Just delightful. It is, right? Um, one book would probably be something by... That's a tough one because I have a lot of favorite books. Um, maybe a Shel Silverstein poetry book. <laughs> okay. And the last one was what? Book, album, and movie. Yeah, an album. I would say probably like the best of the Dixie Chicks. Those are all great picks. Chocolats of a very good movie. Johnny Depp as a swarthy kind of pirate. Well, listen, I appreciate you sharing um, a little bit of your professional work with us and some of your, your personal choices for Desert Island Entertainment. And so with that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are released. And we'd like to once again extend our thanks to Virginia State epidemiologist Dr. Lillian Peake for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.